Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Conversations. I'm super excited to jump in today. Before I do, there's two things that I always want to highlight. Number one, if you are looking for a local church and you haven't found one, maybe you just moved, maybe the one that you are currently in, you're just looking for something different, you can go to the show notes and there's something called Crossover. Crossover will literally connect you to a church in seconds in your area. So you type in your zip code and it connects you to a local church. It's super cool. You will be able to see my landing page right there. It's incredible. So fill out that form if you're looking for a, a new church. And the other side of it, if you are a church leader looking for some resources in your church, I'm going to attach some courses that I think are super helpful from my friend Sweb. Sweb's an incredible leader. Help build elevation to what it is now. He's an incredible thinker. I actually had him on the podcast a couple episodes ago. You can listen to him before you even jump in. But check those courses out as well. I'm super excited to jump in today's pod. We're going to be talking about some things that I, I've observed the last seven years of being in ministry and things that I wish I would have learned right away that anytime I'm meeting with a, a young leader or somebody who's in Bible college wanting to become a pastor, these are the things that we're having conversations with. And I hope that through this conversation, aka the podcast, you would be able to learn a little bit about 2023 ministry, what it looks like. It looks very different. It's very bizarre, but it's also beautiful at the same time. So there's there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk through anyways to help again bring some light to, but also just give my perspective on because that's all this is. This is not this is just my opinion. These are perspectives. You can always take this, chew the meat, spit the bones, learn from it, observe, and become better. Because that's that's our that's our only goal here is to just get a little bit better each day. So number one, this is it's again, these are just observations that I think I I've had dialogues even the past couple of years with, but like this social media ministry thing, like what is it? What what do we do? Like you're listening to a podcast. Is this a ministry? Is this not? Here, here's what I'll say about social media ministry, and then we'll kind of go into a little bit more in depth. But social ministry in itself, I think, think about this. Like no matter where we are, we're 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 dealing with people, and when you're dealing with people, you're in ministry. You believe in Jesus, you're in ministry. You might not be full time working in a specific church, but you are ministering to people every single day at your job. So. Regardless, if you have a social media page and you believe in Jesus, technically that is a ministry. That is a place where people are observing your life and listening to your posts, listening to your reels, whatever it is. They're listening and seeing your life, a.k.a. if you believe in Jesus, your social should highlight you following Jesus. Not You don't have to be the creepy guy who posts Bible verses 17 times a day and makes these massive random posts. but the reality is it is a ministry because they're, they're, that's where people are at. So we can either run from it and be afraid or we can actually bring light to it. I think it's good. Like we should, we should invade any space where people are at with light and joy. That's what I'll say. Light and joy, like grace and truth. Like we should, we should invade any territory with grace and truth in our stories because your story cannot, Nobody can question it. Nobody can think it's wrong because it's your story. They can't question your life, your lifestyle, your testimony. But the, there's pros and cons to everything. Just like any any decision we would make, like if you're a church planner thinking about planting a church, there's pros and cons to that. Getting married, there's pros and cons. Always, most of the time, I'll say most of the time anyways, not always. The pros always outweigh the con. I'll say that. The, the pros of being not, you don't have to have, 50,000 followers to follow Jesus on social. Like that's, that's ridiculous. A social media ministry, you could have one person on there, but we need less superheroes and more servants. I'm just going to say that 
We need less superheroes, aka you are the focal point. And you see this in church staffs a lot of times too, because what happens is when you become the fo- the main decision maker, the person who has to be in charge all the time, has to lead every meeting, has to preach every single weekend, similar online, if only people are, you're building your platform off of your face, off of your voice, off of your opinions, what ends up happening is you become the superhero and you're not even a servant. Similar to within the local church, and this is, again, these are just observations that I, I hope that you would apply in your life. If you're around somebody who always needs to be the superhero, or maybe that's you, you are the guy who needs to be the superhero, what I would recommend to you is be, and this is the next one, but we'll kind of go into it a little bit more in depth, but stop being the superhero. We already have one. His name's Jesus. You didn't die for me. You didn't resurrect for me. You didn't save me from hell and brought me into eternal life with God. So therefore, you're a human being just like I am. And you can always tell the person who has to be the superhero because when they walk into rooms, they make it about them. Or when they're getting interviewed or when you're having a conversation at coffee and you leave and you go, I think that guy just talked about himself the whole time. Keep in mind that this was me. This was me the first couple of years of ministry. I thought I was a big deal. I thought I was incredible, which isn't bad. Like confidence is fine. But when it becomes pride and egotistical, then the ministry starts to become about you versus serving the people, aka it's not ministry anymore. So be a servant, not a superhero. You can always tell the person who has never pastored a person ever in their life with Jurassic statements online. Just an observation. I was scrolling a couple of days ago when I saw this guy. Won't mention his name. Won't even do a reaction video because that's what people do on podcasts. And I think it's weird. But long story short, the guy said, you know, you haven't gotten healed yet because you don't have faith. You don't have enough faith. You And he makes these Jurassic statements, which tend to be a glimpse of truth, but not without grace. So truth without grace is a weapon or love without truth is a weapon as well, but it's kind of all the same thing. And that's a problem. And you can tell they haven't pastored a person in their life because, and again, not everyone's called to be a pastor. I understand that, but everyone's supposed, everyone has a mandate to live within grace and truth because Jesus was full of grace and truth. So when you don't have grace, when you don't have understanding, when you don't have empathy, when you don't know how to ask questions to hear someone's story out. I remember one of the first times I ever led a small group and I was like 18. And I had a guy come and he left his family, like literally the last week. He left his family to go party and to go hang out. And he's literally like partying with his daughter and his other kids like disowned him. He's getting divorced. And I was like 18, freshly in Bible college. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? I didn't do anything. I just sat at the coffee shop and just listened to him. That's all he needed. And when he started talking out loud, he was like, man, I kind of sound like an idiot. I didn't say anything, but I was like, yeah, I mean, just probably go home to your wife, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. The reality is that is us. Like, that is us in a picture. We don't want to be the people who jump over people, run through people to make a statement or to get views. We want to understand that there are people online who are hurting, who might not have the same views as us. And if you're a part of a local church, which you should be, the reality is, the people in that local church came through something. They might have came through a website, maybe a personal invitation, and they're thinking through that. You are in ministry, so the, the person listening to this, this is for you. You are helping cultivate an environment 
for the people who don't work at the church so they can invite their friends. They're saying, man, should I invite my friend to this church? Oh, no, I know the pastor is going to talk about this, which is fine. Don't skip beats. Don't skip anything. What I'm saying is there's absolute truth. We understand that we're supposed to teach from the Bible. There's truth. You see that all over scripture like that. That is our weapon, the Bible, but we should not use it as a weapon. The weapon should be used for good. The Bible should be taught in a way that people understand, can apply it, but also there should be grace breathed through your messaging, including online. So all that to say, if you're a believer in Jesus, you're a leader in the church. Again, this is, I'm talking, these are things that I wish I would have known. Stop making everything about you and make it about the people. Celebrate people, talk about people, enjoy community. And that's what social should be. It's social media. It's not uh, just a personal engagement thing of like, I got to make my brand better known. It's social. You're supposed to build community and cultivate an environment for people to connect on there. Why don't you just be the hub for that? So kind of jumping to the next one. We need less less leaders and more listeners. Holy smokes. I think I've said this every single podcast, but when you walk into a room, maybe you just got asked to go preach at a church or a leadership thing or a youth camp, like we're in summer youth camps. Don't be the leader, be the listener. Walk into every single room and ask a thousand questions. When you're at dinner with a couple for the first time and you're in ministry or you follow Jesus and these are people who you think you're discipling, ask them thousands of questions and stop talking about yourself. Don't even like, when they put it back on you, go right back into just learning about them. Never make it about you because the people who make it about them, and again, this is kind of the same theme, but again, these are things that I've observed that I wish I would have known. A simple practical tool here. When you're at coffee with a teenager, your youth pastor, you should finish your coffee before they finish theirs. When you do this, what ends up happening is that is a sign that they are talking more than you are. If they're talking more than you are, you're winning because you're doing your job. You're, you're listening. You're a full-time listener. And when people ask, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, I'm struggling with this. They just shared 20 minutes of their testimony and they go, well, what do you think? That is a beautiful time to be able to actually insert your thoughts, insert scripture. But to be the guy who sits down and just rambles for an hour, brings up random scriptures. My wife and I have been in coffees or meetings where somebody, I can tell they're not even listening to me because they're already ready to make a reaction out of what I'm saying and my sentence isn't even finished. And when somebody doesn't know how to communicate, or you don't have, know how to listen and understand. And if you don't understand, just continue to ask questions, to dig deeper, to understand what they're saying. That becomes a person who people want to follow. People want to follow somebody who's great at listening, great at encouraging, which means like insert courage. The person who just rambles and talks and you can tell they're not actually like present. Yeah, no one, I would say you probably don't have anyone following you anyways, but what would happen if we walked into rooms and wanted to learn about others, learn from people rather than thinking we're the expert every time? Because the reality is you're not the expert in every room. Maybe you are. You need to find a better room. You need to find a bigger room because you're definitely not growing if you are the person who's the expert in every room you walk into. See, like that doesn't even sound logical when I say that, right? Like you're the expert in every single room. You're, there's no way. Gary V walks into marketing rooms sometimes and doesn't 
isn't the expert. He might sound like it, but he's definitely asking questions to understand and giving his opinion based on a perspective. Don't be the person who thinks they know it all in every single room. And like I've mentioned a little bit before, but don't, don't give an unsolicited advice. No one ever listens to unsolicited advice. You might, you might be able to give recommendations, but you need to cultivate a place where people can actually feel safe and seen. And when they become safe and seen, what ends up happening is they will start asking you your thoughts, your opinions, your insights. Hey, I know that you've been in ministry for five years or whatever. What are your thoughts on this? I saw a pastor doing this. What are your thoughts on this? And those, those rooms, those coffees turn into life change. And that's what discipleship is. Discipleship is taking people on a journey with you. Remember, Jesus chose his 12 disciples, which Tim Ross always says, Jesus chose his disciples. His disciples didn't choose Jesus. So if you're somebody who is begging somebody every single day who you don't know, who lives in a different state, who might have a lot of Instagram followers to disciple you, it's time to find a different person because that's not the person you should want to follow. The people who want to follow him live in that city, live, attend their church. That's beautiful. But if you don't have an actual relationship with them, you're not being discipled. And you can't be discipled through podcast listening. You can't be discipled through YouTube videos. It has to happen at coffee. It has to happen at dinner. It has to happen on trips, on vacations together. You just need to do life with it together. So we need less leaders and more listeners. If you're listening to this, be a listener today. Stop going into every room thinking you're the expert. Even if you are, how beautiful of an illustration to go into every single room and being the listener, walking into every room full of joy, full of life, and just asking people questions. Hey, how are you doing today? Man, that was so cool. Thank you for leading worship today. What was your favorite part about today? And being the person who can always engage in questions versus just sharing advice, sharing recommendations all the time. Don't be that guy. So third out of the four, I want to talk about networking culture in the church. I've talked about this a lot, especially on my socials and with people that I get coffee with once in a while in California. But the reality is there's a lot of people who don't want to be your friend. I don't know how else to say that. They don't want to be your friend. They want to preach at your church. And I've said that a lot of times, but what ends up happening is we, we get hurt by people. We get hurt by people who think you think that they're wanting to be your friend. And that's such a manipulative thing in the church that I don't think is healthy at all. But they don't want to be your friend. They want to preach at your church. And they want to they want to come to your youth ministry and preach or lead worship. And that's that's okay. You should have people come in and preach and lead worship who are not from your environment. The people who you want them to impart something, don't bring in people because you just want them want their clout, because that doesn't work. But if they want to be your friend, there's a couple of things that I've seen that if they actually want to be your friend, they'll call you without a plan. Like they don't need to be on your calendar. They can just call you and you'll answer and you guys will talk, you'll laugh, you'll have jokes. They'll care more about your marriage and your personal health than your ministry. If all you ever do is talk about church with this person, they don't, probably don't even know your kid's names or your spouse's name. It's probably not your friend. Like we need it. We need to bring definitions to things in the church because we just say, oh yeah, he's my friend. I used to do this all the time. That's again, these are just observations I've made that I'm trying to help younger leaders or people who are starting the journey after me to listen and apply. 
I used to be friends with everybody. Oh, yeah, they're my friend. They live in Tallahassee. Oh, my friend, he lives in Atlanta. That's not my friend. He's my acquaintance. We know each other. I know of them. And now I'll just say it like, hey, do you know blank blank? I'm like, oh, I know of them. It's not my friend. Like I never, I never met the guy in person. And even the people you meet in person one time and you have a conversation for two hours, that's not your friend. Like a friend is somebody who's going to consistently talk to you. They're going to be in your world. They're going to care about you. They're going to go out of their way to serve you. They're going to go out of their way to hang out with you. I remember the first time I came to Los Angeles, and this is when I learned some people might not actually be your friend. They might just be your acquaintance. It was my 21st birthday, the night of, like I was turning 21. I didn't have a place to stay. I had a place to stay for like three nights, and it was like, wait, you still lay, and I need to get close to the airport. And this guy was like, dude, hit me up. Like, you can totally stay with me. That night, I just left church. It was a Sunday night, and I was like, dude, can I... Can I come over? Like, I'm, I can get an Uber. And he was like, oh, just kidding. We don't have a room for you, man. It was like nine o'clock at night. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Those type of people are not your friends. I don't know how else to put it. Or they're, what we've said is, oh, they're just like in an unhealthy phase. Or like we give people enough excuses to continue to have them in our network because we want people in our network. Because we think the more people we have in our network, the more value we have and the more value they have. That's not the truth. We, we need friends. If you want to last in ministry, if you want to actually be in ministry at 40, at 50, at 60, you need to have friends that you can go on vacations together. You can have conversations with that are, that are dirty and argumentative. You need to have people in your world that are going to challenge you, that understand. I've heard this illustration, but no dark corners. Like You cannot have dark corners with your best friends or your friends. Dark corners, like you put a light, you illuminate. There's like five lights on right now for this podcast. I can see there's dark corners in my room because the light is actually not illuminated in that specific place. Similar to our lives, we have the lights on in all the places we want to see, our friends to see, the people in our church, but there's always dark corners that we don't want people to see. There's, there's, there's places where we can't see, and those are the places that our friends need to have access to. So networking culture, again, networking isn't bad. There's networking is beautiful if you find a connection i i've had more calls than not with pastors trying to figure out how i network because i do know a lot of people i do i know of them maybe we've talked a couple times maybe we've got on zoom and had engagements about certain things or whatever but i what i've always done is i've always led with compliments and this goes into the last one but never flattery you know you're in an unhealthy environment or an unhealthy church staff or you're around an unhealthy leader when they're leading with flattery. They're flattery. They're, it's above and beyond. It's not even, it's nice things, but it's twisted in a way that it's almost manipulative. So there's like a, they want something out of the compliment. And they, like I said, if they want to be your friend, that's fine. We should be open to having more friends. I think that's healthy. Jesus did only have 12, by the way. You shouldn't have 600 friends. That's a little weird because you won't be able to actually be the friend or go in depth. But most of the time, I read this in a book one time, but it says the only barrier to entry for inclusion in most people's networks today seems to be that they are polite. Every, everybody has some sort of percentage or idea of being polite. But when has being polite being the entry of inclusion to our friends? 
like we should we should have a little bit more barriers around us not out of like a protecting like i'm important but you kind of are you have value and if you bring the right wrong people into your network into your friend group that could actually ruin anything that you could potentially do that's the the cheesy quote that is actually true as i get older but you show me your friends you show me your network i'll show you your future yes but I'll also show you your present i'll show you your health i'll show you your mental health your physical health the people you surround yourself with so the currency of social networking is rapidly becoming flattery especially in ministry with people in the church flattery is distorted compliments it's just it's overdone it's the people who constantly talk constantly compliment you will not accept compliments and always dismiss it back to you it should not be trusted like like we should not be interested in flattery we should be interested in sincerity the people who are sincere the people who are honest the people who have a genuine weight to their words and you can tell it's coming from their heart not their mind of like i need to say this to get into their friend group and it usually happens again when somebody's trying to preach at your church so and this last thing i want to mention all this it can stop with you if you're listening to this and these are things that you go yep i've seen that or yep that's me because this is there's all this is still glimpses of me as well but the gossip at your church can stop with you the person who always wants to bring up a specific person at coffee it can stop with you the gossip doesn't have to continue it just takes one bold person to say hey i would actually not want to talk about that person hey let's just let's just talk about us like let's they're not here that's all right just dismiss it take ownership oh i'm sorry for bringing that name up let's move on the ego preaching can stop with you nothing more annoying than a preacher who communicates a lot but says a little 45 minute message and you get done and everyone in the room goes what did that guy just say those are the people who either did not study enough are not anointed and that's fine because anointing carries weight the anointing carries far more than just gifting there's just people who are good and gifted but influence and gifting all that stuff washes away in like three weeks you can sound cool for three weeks but the reality is people need anointed preaching and anointing comes through what pressing so it can't stop with you the ego preaching you don't need to preach at every single ministry by the time you're 25 what you do need to do is serve the people who god has entrusted you with the laziness and staffs can stop with you there's i don't know why the church always hires over hires and under delivers always want to say over under promise and over deliver in anything we do right but for some reason we give zero boundaries for people on staff we have no kpis even like the macro like our like one kpi as a church what how do we know we're winning most people can't answer that but the laziness the, the just hoping services go well or people show up to that event it can stop with you and I've said this so many times, but we need to stop being the people who just bring up problems, but we actually need to learn the negatives, learn, learn about the problems in your local church. And instead of asking permission or presenting somebody with it, just start being the solution to it. If you're waiting for permission to be the solution to the things you've seen in your local church, you're not the person to bring change. 
the agent of change called by God is a person who sees problems with their eyes, probably a couple steps ahead of the, their leader anyways. And instead of just mentioning problems in the staff meeting or on Slack or on text or gossiping at coffee, you're being the solution to it. And a lot of times what ends up happening is an insecure leader above you could either dismiss it or put it away or pretend like it's their idea. The leader you want to be around says, that's a brilliant idea. Thank you for bringing change to this and publicly affirms that or private, privately, either way is fine. And if you're the leader who has people underneath you who are brilliant thinkers, are people who are innovators, are the people that you help create their confidence to be able to share, to be able to be bold and make change, publicly affirm that. If you want something repeated in your culture, you need to reward it by publicly affirming it, maybe giving them a gift card publicly, whatever. And that's not manipulation. That's literally the science of our brains. We want to win. And a corporate win happens when we all collectively start seeing the problems. And instead of whining about it, we actually be the solution. So I'm going to run through these again, a high level. Again, these are just things that I wish I would have learned right, right away at 17 when I jumped into full-time ministry. These are things that I wish you would take right now and apply in your life. Social media is not bad. Social media is where people are. It is a ministry, but stop making it about you. Your brand carries zero weight into heaven. What carries weight is your obedience and faithfulness to the people that you love. We need less leaders and more listeners. Be the best listener you can ever be, and I promise you people will follow you. Have your ears open at all times and always ask a thousand questions. If you don't know how to ask questions, read the book, Tell Me More. It'll teach you how to go to second, third, fourth layer questions. Networking culture. A lot of times people don't want to be your friend. They want to preach at your church or they want to lead worship at your church. You need to be able to decipher between the two, the people who that, they can just be an acquaintance. They're not going to be in my inner circle. Probably not going to have them preach at my church either. Also, it can stop with you. Any of this stuff, it can stop with you today. It can stop with you for taking it and applying it and being the best leader, aka the best listener, the best learner, the people who are obsessed with learning and obsessed with solutions, reading books about solutions, watching YouTube videos about solutions. There's so many things that I wish I would have known when I got into ministry, but these are some that I believe will help you and drastically change the trajectory of the calling on your life that God wants to put in you to outpour onto his people, make it about others. Again, look at all these things. These are literally Jesus's principles. Jesus's lifestyle was not to be served, but to serve others. He died of a ransom for us so that we may know God. He literally, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate servanthood model was dying for people and giving them Grace and grace is the choice to follow Jesus or follow the world. That in itself is the depiction of how we should live our lives as ministers of the gospel, is people who sacrifice, who serve. It's hard work putting it in and going all in to be able to give people the choice to follow Jesus or follow the world and not being mad about the people who don't follow him because Jesus isn't either. He has an open heart, he loves his people. He loves the world. We know John 3.16, the quote, the Bible verse that Tim Tebow wrote, for God so loved the 
Christians. Nope, for God so loved the Americans. Nope, for God so loved the world. We got to love the world. We got to love them well. And we got to be the people who are listeners, who lead with grace and truth. Like I said, truth without grace is a weapon. We need less ministers of the gospel online and in person who lead with weapons. We don't need weapons. Your tongue is a portrait of your heart. And the people you see online who are leading with anger, with rage, with division, that's what's in their heart. Don't want to be around those people. Please unfollow those people. Don't be weird. Don't do reaction videos. Reaction videos are not good at well. And again, tongue is worth your hearts. The people who are doing that, you can tell what's going on in their heart. So hope that, hope that you added one of these things to a lifestyle change for you. Again, it's me. I'm a work in progress as well. These are just observations that I've made in ministry. Been in ministry for seven years full time now. This would be my eighth year coming up. And I just believe in us so much, us together. We're better together. We are if we stop trying to be the next celebrity and just continue serving our people, being friends, being kind, living with joy. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Seriously, it means the world to me. Got some incredible guests coming up in solo podcasts, but today it's going to be a fun one. I appreciate you guys so much. We'll talk soon. Make sure to like, subscribe. This podcast means the world to me, means the world to our team. Let's continue to push on. Let's go.